all the way from the land down under, prepared like a bride, is visiting with the antidote. Ryan Balls of the band is here with us. Ryan, thanks, man, for coming in. No, thank you very much. It's cool. I got to ask, though, are you guys, like, totally nuts? Because, I mean, you've left the summer weather of mm. Australia to come to Canada at this time of year. So what about the cold weather? Is it bugging you? Uh, none of us had ever seen really snowfall. You know, we're just driving down the road and there was snow falling. So that for us was the first time we'd ever come across this sort of weather. So it's cold. It's very cold. I mean, we got out at New York and it was well below zero. It was around negative two when mm -hmm. we first got out and that shook us right to the bone. And we sort of got used to it and put on more clothing, but it's reached about negative 10, negative 12 so far. Yeah. And that's cold for us when it's 40 degrees back home. Uh, at least you weren't here last winter with like minus 38s. And I don't think I'd want to be here. <laughs> you got to give us some background of Prepared Like a Bride. So where in Australia are you from and when did the band first get together? We're from the Gold Coast, which is nearly the most eastern point. Um, Byron Bay is below us and Brisbane is above us. Mm -hmm. And um, we get the tropical weather, so we grow a lot of um, tropical fruits um, and a lot of coffee and different things like that that thrive off the humidity. And we formed in 2009 um, through basically school friends and church friends. They were both interlocked. We all went to the same school and we all went to the same church as well. You know, back in the day, we've had a few member changes since then. It's been five years, so it's changed over the years, etc. But we're all still from the Gold Coast you're on a big tour right now. You're doing all of North America. Yeah. For us, it's been our, it's all of our first time um, to North America, and it's one of the guys' first time international ever, um, our photographer. So it's been a big journey, and to be honest, we wouldn't want it any other way doing the whole, you know, the whole thing, because we wanted to see every single part that we possibly could take in, and it's been amazing. So why North America and why now? I mm, guess the opportunity um, arose basically from touring our home country a lot. We met up with Gideon and just became friends with those guys when they were over. And Daniel from Gideon, um, you know, brought up the idea of bringing us out here. And so, yeah, we're here now. <laughs> Here's a curiosity question. Do you see the hardcore scene as being universal or are there really differences between Australia and North America. Oh no, it's universal. It's, yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to it, it's universal. Um, the only thing that differs really are the t-shirts people wear and the style of moshing that they do really. Yeah. And how does the moshing change? Mm, even within our own country, as you start to go south where we travel, the it changes by the way, you know, by the either the aggression of, you know, the kids that come out um, or whether, you know, the style that they do is cool or hip or whatever and same thing over here i've noticed it's very different in the different cities in america and and france oh not france <laughs> like the you know the the french montreal the french canadian yeah yes. french canadian it's it's been um it's been cool to see i love seeing it so many different styles you know but at the, at the same time the universal factor is that everyone's there for the same music which is crazy it's cool so tell about describing what the other bands that you're on tour with right now. Uh, Darkness Divided. They we've been calling them a bunch of Mexicans because they're they're down close to the the border in Texas, sort of thing. Um, they've basically taken care of us from day one on the tour mm. by chucking us in their van, um, loading up all of our gear, 
etc and um, they've been just amazing guys they've hooked up places to stay all around the country um, and just made it work and they're incredible musicians um, they're on victory records and um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun touring with those guys uh, illuminate me from Florida they had to pull off the tour um, halfway through due to just financial you know struggles it's obviously it's tough being in a band sometimes um, none of us are rock stars and get paid to, and that's why you eat potato pay, chips for you know. dinner that's why I've got a bowl of potato chips right here in front of me um, and they're nicely flavored so it feels like I'm eating a meal it just doesn't make that same you know feeling in my stomach but uh, illuminate me Florida and they were they're very experimental trashy thrashy um, sort of rock band and they were a lot of fun obviously they had to pull off and then Colossus from South Dakota um, legendary bunch of guys as well they've also they've also been helping us out along the way as well because we don't know anyone over here so cool it's nice to have the contacts and they're heavy they're a heavy band well into your own music can be prepared like a bride put out an ep a dangerous journey in 2012 mm -hmm. what was happening with the band between 09 and that release mm. well that's three years um or technically sort of two in a bit we played our first show in august 09 and A Dangerous Journey came out September 2012. So I guess it's sort of two and a bit years. Um, from when we started to then, it was um, just a do-it-yourself mentality for our band. Um, we had nobody helping us out, no leg up, um, no handouts. Um, from the very start, I booked all of our shows back home. Um, the band, we recorded uh, ourselves. We didn't have any, you know, sort of producers or anything like that we we did everything from the ground up and we just started playing shows and from that we started making friends with other bands in other states and we started to venture out further and further so that was the first two years of the band um, then we picked up our manager and booking agent Matt Leost um, and then he set forth a plan of action from there which is where we got to with A Dangerous Journey so in that year we toured with A Plea for Purging from the States and then uh, on the back of the EP, we toured with Impending Doom as well. Wow. So that's what... Heavy hitters. Yeah, that's what sort of kick-started the band from that EP onwards. Your first full-length Overcomer came out in February. Like, compared to A Dangerous Journey, it's like prepared like a bride reinvented the band. I mean, it's a really different sound than the EP. Yep, that's 100% correct. Um, I guess the difference was we just learnt a lot and matured. Um, I think, you know, prior to Overcomer, we'd released A Dangerous Journey and a previous EP before that. Um, and that whole time, you know, being in a band for one is an experience, but learning about yourself, learning about what you actually enjoy in the music you play, and also learning about your fan base and the people that um, like your music and what they want to hear, etc., um, is a huge, it's a huge thing to do. So between A Dangerous Journey and Overcomer, we just refined how we wanted to sound, um, the, the sort of message we wanted to put forward. And then, yeah, we, we worked with a really, really cool team of people that um, helped us out with that album. And what you hear is Overcomer. Now, you brought up the point about your sound. You're talking about playing it for yourself, playing what you like to play, mm -hmm. playing for your fans. Mm -hmm. Where's the dividing line? Yeah, that's, that's the difference that makes or breaks a band, really, I guess. Um, we were speaking about it just today. Um, you know, writing music that you're happy with 
and enjoy playing, enjoy listening to, but then also finding that line where it's uh, interactive with the crowd and it's um, catchy and it's memorable mm-hmm. um, and it's still heavy and it's still melodic and it's still atmospheric um, and, you know, I guess you know when you're there. You basically just know when you're there um, and you know when you're not there, I think. And once you get to that maturity level, um, it's taken us, you know, it's taken us five years almost. We, we feel like we're in the groove now. Ryan from Prepared Like a Bride is here with The Antidote. Blood Red is the opening song on The Overcomer. And the lyrics say, this life will be blood red when I'm dead and gone. But what was it that drove you to write that song? To sum up the song in a single word is basically equality. Um, and um, we've seen, you know, too many bands come and go, standing on stage um, and treating people terribly, you know, and looking down upon them, etc., etc., etc. And we wanted to release a song. That was the first, um, you know, song that we released off the album. We wanted to release that to let people know that, um, you know, we see eye to eye with people. We're not here to judge people um, or, or feel that we have any more... Um, rights to them just because we're in a band etc etc um and so that's basically the statement that song's making and when it comes to it at the end of the day the chorus says we bleed the same blood and we cry the same tears and you know you cut any person open it's all the same inside you know what i mean and so that's what that song means yeah blood red you've got to consider overcomer as being a really personal album for you you know especially the title track yeah but was recording Overcomer a process for you dealing with your grief over your father's death? Yes, definitely. That was the toughest song to track um, for myself. I mean, I'm not sure how the other guys felt themselves personally. Obviously, they were, you know, we'd been very close friends for a long time, so they would have, you know, felt the weight of it as well. That was the last song that we wrote for the album, and also we knew that we wanted that song to be the single off the album as well obviously mm-hmm. being the title track so all of those pressures on top of that added to that song being um difficult but so relieving once we had that finished 100 percent. because i wondered how it would be when you're in the studio and preparing that song yeah it was heavy it was really heavy um i had the lyrics i mean i don't consider them lyrics um you know after my dad's death um you know, in the moments and minutes and hours and days of that that period, I was mm-hmm. just writing things in my phone and every thought, you know, I was having dreams and all sorts of things and I'd wake up in the middle of the night or I'd be out um, in the car with family or friends or something like that and I'd be, I'd have these thoughts come my way and I'd just jot them down in my phone. So when it came time for the album, I didn't know that those thoughts, etc., would be used on the album, but when I looked over them, it was just natural to then want to use them because that's just how my brain was working. So that's how it turned out to be such an honest and, um, I guess, heart-bearing song. But does not 1955 and Alone mm-hmm. also deal with that same thing? Definitely. Um, Alone was also some of the lyrics uh, or some of the notes that I'd taken down uh, in the moments and sort of hours after um, we found out everything, and 1955, those lyrics were actually written quite late in the process while we were recording. Mm. Um, that was a more reflectional song, and the time that I wrote them, we were actually at a friend's house that we were staying with, and it was a quiet period, and yeah, I was just reflecting over what you know my family meant to me. How do you find fans of Prepared Like a Bride reacting to these songs? 
It's been incredible. Um, Australia has been so good to us and and New Zealand as well because we've toured both those countries multiple times. Um, and, you know, because we've done so, we don't consider people as fans back home. You know, they've really become family around the country. Um, so the reaction has been... It was incredibly overwhelming when we first dropped the album. Um, coming to America and Canada, it's been incredible once once again to think that anybody would have even heard our band let alone come to one of these shows and sing along um and the four of us that are touring it's been crazy we finish the show and we look at each other in amazement because people were singing along to every single song um and for us that's mind-blowing that's a big pound at the back yeah it's uh, all we could have ever asked for and more carrying on with another one of the songs on the album because the album also focuses on soul searching. Mm-hmm. I mean, Silent Fear obviously mm. speaks about fear. You know, with the lyrics saying, the fear of fear is what confines us. Mm. But what changes a person to break from that? Uh, I can speak from personal experience that, um, yeah, those moments when you are fearful of things, you won't act the same way you would in a state of confidence and boldness. Um, and so... When you don't have that, you're in a state of fear. You're either in fear of something or you're not. And if you're not, your sensation is total freedom um, to do what you want or be who you want to be or achieve the things you want to achieve. Mm. And so um, I've seen it. I've had to deal with it and everyone has to deal with their own fear in their lives, whatever it may be. Um, And for me personally, you know, breaking through those molds to show people that I guess, you know, we shouldn't let fear confine us. Yeah, it was just something that I I dealt with personally. With the culmination of the album, were you trying to leave some particular form of impact on the listeners to the album? I guess, yeah. Didn't, I guess, initially try and write the most impacting thing. You know, we wanted all our songs to have a message. That's that's the way we roll. Um, And we wanted that to be positive and, I guess, inspire hope with the album. yeah, I can't explain the way it came out, but they're the songs that, you know, we'd written and put together and they ended up where they are for a reason, I guess. Touring North America. Yeah. This is it. You're, what, halfway through? Well, technically, this will be the third last show. So after this, we've got two shows in um, Michigan. Michigan's the state? Yeah, Michigan's yeah. the state. So we've got two shows in Michigan. Um after that, we've got about six days before we fly home, and we've made friends with the band Silent Planet from California. We hung out with them um, for a, a few shows at the start of tour. Um, they've become, you know, just like the other bands as well, crazy good buddies, um, and they've helped us out with us back on a few of their shows on the way back to California. So we'll be heading after Michigan down to Texas, Albuquerque, and back to California. So we've got about six or seven shows left. And what's been the biggest highlight, besides speaking with the antidote, of course, yeah, what's been yeah. the biggest highlight of the tour? Oh, nothing can top that. Nothing can top that at all. Um, what has been the biggest highlight? When we touched down in California, that was a cool moment. Um, just being, in, being at LAX, you know, every reference that we've ever based off America was from the movies you know, that we've seen our whole life. So touching down in LAX was cool. Um, grabbing In-N-Out Burger, that was the first food that we ate. Um, we all got tattooed in Riverside, California, by a guy that 
I'd been following for a long time. That was a highlight. Um, New York was a huge eye-opener, um, special moment for all of us, I guess. Um, crossing the border into Canada. These are all things mm-hmm. that have stuck out to us, really. And trying all the foods around the country and meeting the people. It's been been awesome. <laughs> being um, misunderstood men- many a time for being Australian. That's been a highlight as well. Being misunderstood. How do they misunderstand? Well, well, we'll roll into a food, you know, takeaway shop or a restaurant or a coffee shop and we'll ask for what we want, you know, we'll make an order, etc. And we'll be asked, excuse me, or what was that? And we'll have to repeat it once or twice or three times or slow it down um, or, you know, use the right, the right terminology out here. So. We're Canadian. We're a little slow. Well, I wasn't you referring to the Canadians, so I better not. I better not. You know, while we're, while we're talking, don't worry. I'm not going to get you in any trouble. Cool. The antidote has been speaking with Ryan of Prepared Like a Bride. Ryan, it's been just great having you on the antidote. Really appreciate this conversation. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. So have an awesome show tonight, and have a great balance of the tour. Thank you. I appreciate it.